the events, the issues, the Mpumalanga impact. Raza FM in 60 Minutes with Beauty Salala. Now, the celebration of African Traditional Medicine Week was concluded yesterday. African Traditional Medicine Week is celebrated from the 26th up until the 31st of August. This holistic medicinal practice by traditional healers incorporates national, uh, natural rather herbs, ingredients, and African spirituality to bring physical, mental, and spiritual healing to individuals. On the line, I'm now joined by the coordinator of traditional healers organizations, Ukoko Pepsi Lemazego. Ukoko Pepsi, what what is the significance of African Traditional Medicine Week? Um, the significance of African of Traditional Medicine Week is is that uh, you know the continent Africa has realized the potential, the economic and social uh, benefits that we have in traditional medicine, and 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 yet we're not talking much about it, and also that countries are not you know, investing much into traditional medicine as a as an independent healthcare system that is not uh, alternative, but rather indigenous to the country, uh, South Africa, and also to the continent of Africa. So the significance here, more than anything else, is that we 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 are promoting a healthcare system that is that is uh, integrated in into our culture and and familiar, you know, with the way of life of people of Africa, and that is why we want to promote it as passionate as we possibly can. Mm. And in your view, do you think that, you know, government is doing enough to involve traditional healers in official healthcare services? You know, for as long as government is not, because for as long as government is not able to put in place workable uh, uh, legal frameworks, the policies, that necessitate for for the, for for the promotion and development and commercialization of traditional medicine. Mm-hmm. I don't think we, we 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 are happy with government. I don't think consumers of of African traditional medicine are happy with government either. So there is nothing much that we're getting for from government that we can say uh, it assists in the development of 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 an independent in the indigenous system of healthcare so no we're not happy at all and the fact that also unlike in in asia and other continents where the politicians are the ones that advocate for the promotion of their own indigenous uh, traditional medicines mm. in africa in south africa particularly we're not seeing much of that so that is where the problem lies that our own people once they descend from our own villages, locations, and live in cities. They then think everything that is cultural should be left with the city, should be left there to die, and themselves they should move alone. And that is a problem, because if you look at what has happened in India, mm-hmm. when Indian people that are politicians, you know, transcended from their own uh, villages and locations to a, a much more modernized city, city, they decided to take their culture with them. And part of taking culture was, was ensuring that their own traditional medicines and, and indigenous sciences was lifted and given a much higher status. We're not seeing much here. We're not seeing a lot of that here. Instead, we're seeing uh, politicians that are, are preoccupied with wanting to fit in into Western systems and into Western religions, into Western things that it will never help in the development of a bigger African continent.
Mm. And Coco, what would you say are some of the challenges facing uh, traditional healers today? One, it is that we are, 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 are to lead the, 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 the population of, of Africa and, and, and of South Africa. And the second one is that, obviously, like I mentioned before, the legal frameworks, the, the policies here are not, you know, they don't necessitate the development and commercialization of traditional medicine, issues of funding. You know, we know that for any system of healthcare, including Western allopathic, mm -hmm. you know, for it to thrive and develop to what it is today, it never started so huge. It started from being a tiny little science, like our own science. It needs to be nurtured with very good food. And part of the good food is good people that are politicians, that are determined, and that has the political will, you know, to make relevant policies and also pro uh, give give proper funding because for research and development, you know, to happen and to be of a standard that is desired by international certification, you know, you would need to research properly. You would need the best people who have enough information and knowledge on pharmacology, on botany, and all of the important science fields to be able to investigate and, and, and assist us to develop this particular science. Otherwise, if we don't have those people, that human resource that is behind our science, then our science will suffocate and, and do exactly what is happening today. But also equally important is that if we have in, 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 in positions of power, mm -hmm. if you at international and African level, if you've got uh, institutions such as the WHO that does not care for, uh, for Africa's development, it becomes a problem. But then what we saw, which was a blessing in disguise, with a lot of the noise, with you as Rise FM helping us, you know, to, you know, to, to, to do a lot of chants, to do a lot of advocacy work, we have realized that this advocacy work has definitely assisted us to transcend from what we, we were before to a much more better status. Because after, the, after a lot of the advocacy work that we did, then we, we were able to, you know, to put pressure on the WHO. Now, as I speak to you, Professor Matsabisa, who's one of our own, is now chairing the traditional medicine uh, a unit of the WHO. And this only happened now in, in July, mm -hmm. after massive, massive, you know, uh, advocacy work that we had to put on there. And after a lot of dissatisfaction uh, from people of Africa, and, and because we had to put a lot of pressure on organic organics to be taken very seriously and also to be invested in. So that on its own tells us, Koguti, it's important that we work together. We are in solidarity as Africa, as Africa the continent, mm -hmm. to put a lot of pressure on these uh, uh, instruments that are, that are said to be working for us. Because if we don't have good people that are passionate about Africa's development, would obviously not be able to celebrate like we are beginning uh, to celebrate. The other thing that came with, uh, with the COVID uh, uh, outbreak mm -hmm. was that, uh, you know, uh, as a, probably as a plus, even though we have lost a lot of people, which is very sad, but then another achievement is that through this, the COVID was able to expose the inequalities within the healthcare system of the country. Mm -hmm. You know, the fact that the more you poor, you die faster, you die early. The fact that, uh, and also the fact that you cannot, you are not able to afford, you know, good nutritional foods, you know, good supplements, 
that will aid your immune system to sustain from, you know, from graduating to a tertiary condition in health. So all of those things put together, you know, then tells us, Koguti, there's a lot of rework in the, in the national health system of the country. So that is a system that benefits its people. So that also it's a system that is considerate of the Bill of Rights and the Constitution where people of this country are able to choose the kind of medicine they want, not a medicine that is forced down their throat. And also the fact that we are currently working uh, with SAPRA and we are trying to, uh, uh, to transform SAPRA from being a lily white a pharmaceutical uh, uh, institution to being an institution that works for all sciences, including African traditional medicine. It's the first time this has happened in the history, and we want to say thank you very much uh, to Dr. Mkiza, the current Minister of Health, for his oversight and for his ear. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be easy, we know, but the, the, the bulk of the work remains with us because what we're wanting to do in part, in part of transforming the apartheid within, within SAPRA is that would like SAPRA, we have already set up a directorate, a unit that we specifically look into traditional medicine mm-hmm. uh, that will ensure that traditional medicine is well codified, it is well registered, so that through good medicines, Quality, safe, effective medicines will be able to claim for medical aid. And this is something that we, would, we should have long started to do. But instead, because we are so coconut, we decided to put aside all that is ours. Mm-hmm. So um, at this present moment, we are excited that at least things are, are beginning to shape up. Mm-hmm. Even though we are not too excited because all of the things need consistency. It needs consistency in support by government, by politicians. It needs consistency in funding. But we are also happy that there is also a research uh, program that we're busy with at the University of Free State, working with VITS, working with the University of Pretoria, the University of Gwazulu Natal, in a partnership with them. And, and, and the CSIR, we are trying to put together uh, uh, organics, you know, therapeutic remedies. Um, there are traditional medicine in nature which are going to be administered to people for COVID. Mm-hmm. And how do you like that? So that means Africa, Yabuya. The thing is, it may not necessarily go to Ibuya, Ibuya as and when we demand of it, you know, as a, uh, you know, presently. But then we are seeing, you know, bit by bit, we are putting lots of pressure that is that is beginning to make a lot of sense to people and 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 eventually we are very we are hopeful that eventually everything that we need everything that we demand to see happen will will actually happen so we are very happy for all of that and we know that uh, with a lot of commitment with a lot of uh, good and strategic partnerships with with uh, science councils you know with the business uh, community with communities that are going to be uh, propagating, cultivating these plants, mm. it, it's, it's going to assist in the development and probably it's going to ensure that also social cohesion is realized because that is basically what we want to do. We want to take these medicines, which we, we are going to, you know, after having researched, we want to take these medicines uh, back to the people and say, this is a list of plants. Please, in Pumalanga, let's cultivate them. Let's make sure that we have these plants. Let's make sure that in Sangu, which is cannabis, let's make sure that all of the plants that we have identified once they pass the test, 
Then we'll need, once we are, we are done with clinical trials, the WHO already has put together a protocol for clinical trials, which, which we're busy working on and, and, and we've been debating with them around. We've been trying to, to change some of the things that we don't quite agree with them on. But then the good thing is that we are already there. You know, our people are there. They are part and parcel of the machinery. We are beginning to see that there is lots of work that needs to be done and we are determined to do it. And we thank you, being media, for always being there for us, for also affording us the opportunity to try and propel this science to everyone so that people are aware that the traditional medicine is still very relevant. Mm. In South Africa, there are two healing systems. It's either you go West allopathic or you go indigenous traditional medicine. So there's no way that the other should tremble and thrive at the expense of the other. And Goko Pepsili, we do know that African Traditional Medicine Day is celebrated on the 31st of August. What is the theme of this year's day? The theme of this year's uh, um, traditional medicine, um, actually, it's, there's something very interesting that, you know, WHO could not, because I think it was because of the amount of, play, uh, of pressure mm-hmm. that we have exerted on them as Africa, because remember, it started with, um, it's a Tanzania, by the way, you know, uh, it started with, uh, with, with Tanzania when they, de- they demanded that, uh, um, you know, uh, that, that, that organics, you know, are made alternative. I mean, are, are made into into treatment so that it's able to to help people with COVID. Mm-hmm. So one one thing, because even today we're the meeting with Sanak, you know, and WHO participated. We also participated at that at that uh, conference. It was a very good and progressive conference. We've just come out of the conference now. But the good thing that came out of that conference, which for me looks like a theme. It's, 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 it's more traditional medicine, African traditional medicine and, and research. You know, African traditional medicine research and, and commercialization. So because that was the line of the theme and everything, all of our presentations was, were more speaking to, to standardization, commercialization, what has to be done by government, what is it that we need to do as producers and, and as practitioners, as knowledge holders, and also, what is it that we need to do in partnership? So, uh, you know, uh, so largely it was more on African traditional medicine, mm. research, and com- commercialization. So it was, it's, it's, it's a very beautiful and broad theme, but it's very good that at least finally, even Sanak today was able to speak, you know, highly of African traditional medicine. Where have you heard of that? It is only in the time of COVID. Because for all of this time, they've been saying to people, let people be treated on only just one form, which is the Western form. Mm-hmm. So now WHO was saying, no, let's look into traditional medicine as a solution to health problems of South Africa. So that is very, very important. And now the bulk of the work is on us to continue to push, to continue to pull, to continue to work together so that we realize the benefits of traditional medicine and also of a developing health system. And that was the coordinator of traditional healers organizations, Koko Pepsile Masego. And we were having a discussion about the significance of African Traditional Medicine Week. Tying the opinions into a single narrative. Raza Fame in 60 Minutes with Beauty Selala.
Now, NASA satellites have found the Grail area in Bumalanga to be a global hotspot for deadly sulfur dioxide emissions. A new study commissioned by Greenpeace India used NASA estimates of anthropogenic um, sulfur dioxide emissions from hotspots around the world based on data from the agency's satellites. The study found that Grail in Bumalanga, with its high concentration of coal-fired power stations, ranks as the second worst sulfur dioxide emission hotspot in the world. On the line, I'm now joined by Dr. Lucas Mulebane. Doctor, good evening and welcome to Rise of Him. Uh, good evening and uh, to you and your listeners. Now, Doctor, um, scientific evidence links short-term nitrogen dioxide exposures ranging from 30 minutes to 24 hours with adverse respiratory effects, including airway inflammation in healthy people and increased respiratory symptoms in people with asthma. What kind of respiratory effects and symptoms could these be? Nitrous oxide, you know, by by virtue of being uh, what you call a respiratory uh, irritant, meaning uh, whenever you inhale it, it, it irritates uh, you know the airways, mm. starting from the from the from the from the nose inside the nose, the throat, going down the the the, the, the pipes, and the you know the uh, you know and the lung, the, you know the small lung 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 pipe. So you know it does it does uh, uh, you know irritate them. Mm-hmm. Now any part of the body that is irritated has to respond, uh, you know, in a particular way. Uh, usually there's swelling, and then there's also accumulation of uh, some, uh, you know, some secretions in that area. Mm. So, okay. And then just, yeah. you know, with reference to the respiratory effects and symptoms described, you know, in the first question, how severe are they, and would they require the aid of a specialist? I think you know. Let me let me expand it uh, more on the on the first point. Mm. Uh, the respiratory effect. You know. Doctor Malebani. Yes. Okay, you can continue. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was just saying that you know, if you know, if I have to follow a particular sequence, mm. uh, it's a study from the nose. It can irritate the nose. People can present with, uh, 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 you know, uh, itching, itching, uh, you know, in the nostrils. A running nose, uh, blockage, and then going down, you know, it, it can affect the, uh, the, uh, the, the lungs, you know, by, by your irritation, people can have a chronic cough or recurrent cough, you know, that, can, that comes over now and then. Okay. And then also studies have shown that uh, Johannesburg and Pretoria have also been heavily affected by the high nitrogen dioxide emissions that blow over from Bumalanga. These emissions do not just, you know, affect those living nearby these plants as neighboring towns and neighboring provinces have also been affected. How could we as civilians protect ourselves from the potential far-reaching effects, you know, this air pollution could have on Bumalanga and Gauteng residents? Uh, look, you know, the uh, there's a 